dude. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. It's freaking hot as hell out here, though. Uh, it's cooling up in New York, but uh, we got a good <laughs> show today. So Ali Brook from Fifth Harmony is on the show today on the podcast platform. Uh, she's got a new book coming out. She's got a new movie coming out. This girl's busy as hell, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to her. I mean... Damn, Fifth Harmony is a huge ass group. Very big. Huge. Like, it, if you would have asked me if we had a Fifth Harmony member on our podcast, I would have been like, <laughs> nah, we can't get one. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I, they were that big. They were huge. Yeah, they were um, very big. I, I, Dax, I want to go, before we get to Allie, I yeah. want to talk to yeah. you about Joe Rogan and Spotify. Have you heard what's going on over there? The Spotify employees are pissed about, Why? like, some of the, 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 some of the, I guess stuff that Joe Rogan talks about on his podcast and a, no I this first time hearing of it no so apparently like they're kind of pissed that some of the I guess some of the guests that Joe Rogan's had on the podcast so they're trying to hide some of the content and they've been not putting some of those episodes on Spotify so the Spotify CEO is like yeah no we're putting that stuff out there but apparently the Spotify employees are really pissed off you haven't heard about that no, what are you talking? What, what are they mad about? I don't understand. I guess they're just really offended by some of the guests that Joe Rogan's had on the show or some of the content he's had. So, yeah, what- but hello, Spotify's paying him like a hundred million dollars. Like, know. you want the crazy people, you want these psychotic folk that are gonna bring in traffic, right? I mean, that's at the end of the day, sorry, but Joe Rogan is. He's kind of supporting Spotify at this point, right? Well, yes. And here's my thing is I'm like, I'm thinking more into this. I'm like, this sounds like Spotify trying to get publicity for themselves of having Joe Rogan on their network. And they'd rather throw the fire on themselves and just say, oh, yeah, some of the people are pissed off. And, you know, free speech is sort of like a uh, – it's kind of like a weird subject right now. So I feel like Spotify on purpose put this story out to the news. What do you I think mean, about that? that? Just I, to I put some attention on themselves? I think – well – we've talked about this a million times is that even people shitting on your show is better than people not talking about your show. Yeah. Right. So I've seen it time and again, people put out these leak this information to the press, even if it makes your station, your show, your person look bad because it gets people talking. Exactly. And that's all you want. You want more people tuning in to be like, oh, what is so bad on the Joe Rogan show? I need to tune in to listen to how terrible this is that people hate it. And then all of a sudden your viewership goes through the roof and bada bing, bada boom. So I'm going to release a story that you are saying some filthy, filthy things on this show. And I don't want to be your podcast co-host anymore. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get all these people tuning in being like, oh, my God, what is he saying that's so bad that he, his co-host doesn't even want to co-host with him anymore? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We are still we uh, we are the number one. It is true. We are the number one anti-Nazi celebrity news podcast in America, and we thank you guys for the support. Um, As two Jews, we claim this title. <laughs> that, no, actually, we've been we've been told that many times. Like people come up to me on the street, like you guys are the number one anti-Nazi entertainment news podcast in the country, and we appreciate that. We love that. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, bef- before we get to Ali. Um, we run one of the easiest contests out there. All you got to do is leave a review on iTunes or Stitch or wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us a five-star review and give us uh, – give us write some good words about us. And if you do that, you can win a prize. Thanks to our friends at Sun River Botanicals. They are one of the top CBD, CBD companies out there. They got these topical creams that I use. Um, they got stuff to help you go to sleep better. I mean, I just started getting into the CBD world, and I got introduced to them, and I love their products. So I'm so happy we're partnering with these guys at Sun River Botanicals. Follow them Adam's on Instagram. Adam's over there Instagram. bogarting it all to himself. I like how you've been getting some, but you haven't sent any to me. Dax, That's cool. D- give me your address, buddy. I'll send you some. <laughs> uh, but we can send you some. They'll give you uh, $306 worth of prizes. All you got to do is leave a review on our iTunes page. Dax, who's the reviewer this week who's getting a prize? All right, reviews are up, and I got one from Turning Dreams into Reality, and uh, the title says, Hollywood Insider's Dream, hands down the best podcast for taking listeners into the raw, uncensored world of Hollywood. Dax and Adam's years of unparalleled professionalism and passion for Hollywood shines through in each episode. That was a really nice one. That made us sound so professional. Yeah. (laughs) Are they listening to our podcast? (laughs) Yeah, right? I was just talking about anti-Nazi stuff. Yeah, great. Uh, But make sure... uh, What's her name again, Dex? 
Uh, this is Turning Dreams Into Reality. Turning Dreams Into Reality. DM me on uh, social media at Adam Glynn, and I will make sure you get a prize. Dex, tell me about our guest today. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we've talked about Fifth Harmony before on the podcast. Now we actually have a member. So we have our guest today is an accomplished singer who has been very successful being a member of the group Fifth Harmony but also as a solo artist, and now she can add author to her resume. She's releasing this new book called Finding Your Harmony, Dream Big, Have Faith, and Achieve More Than You Can Imagine. We have Allie Brooke on the podcast. Allie, it's exciting to have you. It's a big time for you. You know, very exciting. Obviously, you got, you got your first feature film you're working on, but also right now you got this book, which I'm sure you're so proud of. I feel like it's one of those things where when you're able to add author to like your resume, it's just such a cool thing. Like growing up, you're just like, oh my God, what, who, an author? Like, I just think it would blow you away. How does it feel to be now known as an author? You're so right about that. It's pretty awesome and crazy. Like, I just can't believe my book's right there. My face and name and my story. It's, it's amazing. It's such a, an honor and a gift for me to be able to do this and to share my story with the world and share most importantly, who I am and my heart and my family, you know, this is really about them and giving them that spotlight, all that they've done in my life, my parents and their influence and impact and how they've completely changed my life and always believed in me. Um, that's what I think I'm most excited about is for people to really get to know my family and my parents and how they paved the way for me. Yeah. I want to know what it's like because... Obviously, I don't have a book, but I got to imagine the moment when the publisher sends over the box and it's got your books in it and you know your books are in it and you cut it open. And you're like, what is this going to be like? What was that moment? for Oh, you? my gosh. It was incredible. You know, like just knowing all the blood, sweat and tears that I put into this and those moments that I almost was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is, you know, it's it's a lot to go back into some of those amazing moments, but also some of those hard moments. And, and there's just so much that you put into it. You really put your soul and to have it here. Like I was talking about this yesterday, it's, it's really wild and something special, you know, that you have had a vision in your heart for so long. This is like three years over three years in the making and it's now here. It's incredible. I'm very proud and excited for people to read. Very cool. I got a weird question for you. Do you think anybody could be a singer or is it just something you're born with? Like as a person, like you're a trained singer. I don't think I could sing, but can someone actually be trained to be a good singer? Ooh, I think, yeah, if you are born with like being able to carry a note, <laughs> for sure, you can always like refine yourself and, and be better and you can definitely get training to, to strengthen that. Um, I feel like Maybe some people love singing and love music, but don't love what comes with this crazy territory and, and business. So I think there's so many different factors. I don't think anybody could just be a singer because then, <laughs> we, you know, just like yeah, I yeah. couldn't be a player or something. What about those people like me who love singing, but don't love what comes out of my throat? Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope for you, man. We'll see. I'll beat you with the best, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I can sing good Hebrew, but when it comes to like actually singing lyrics, it just doesn't come out well. My, I, I'm telling you, I sounded like Michael Bublé when I did my Haftorah, but when I did, uh, you know, when it comes to singing like real music, it's terrible. <laughs> Maybe you should just stick to that. <laughs> all right so let's take a quick break we need to talk about support for the hollywood raw podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience adam you ever cut your balls while trimming up buddy <laughs> yeah, that's uh <laughs> That's such a ridiculous question, but it's actually a very fair question. I have. I think a lot of guys have. If you, I've been trimming ever since I've started getting hair down there, and I've used everything. I've used blades. I've used the buzzers that you use for your head and for your face. 
And I'm telling you, I've, I, I'm pretty marked up down there. It looks like a <laughs> hockey player down there. But uh, to be honest with you, dude, ever since I used Manscaped, I have like textbook testicles right now. It's beautiful. They hooked us up and it's a good product. I like it. And they're a third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And one of the coolest things is because they actually sent us these trimmers to test out. They're waterproof. So they've got this waterproof technology that allows you to groom in the shower. It's really dope. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So there you go. You can trim in the dark. All right. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Adam, tell them what the offer is. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Hollywood at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Hollywood. Your balls will thank you. All right, where were we? Uh, so I remember watching you on X Factor back in the day. I want to know what was it like doing the audition for a show like that? Because I, you know, we talk about on this podcast, like, what it was like getting on these shows because everyone saw you on the show and have seen like you know what it's like to become the singer but what's it like before you become famous and to get that audition and how stressful that is that's what i think is fascinating yes oh my gosh so um a lot of people probably don't know that before x factor i was pounding the pavement and chasing a dream since i was 12 years old i started singing at nine and for three years or whatever, I did them do. Yeah, three years. <laughs> um, I was singing around my hometown. And then um, at 12 years old, I got this incredible opportunity to go to LA and to meet casting directors and agents because of this amazing actress named Dana Barron. You know her from vacation as Audrey. And she, I mean, was one of the people who changed my life. And so from 12 for many years, so like six years or something like that, um, I was in recording studios trying to perform everywhere I could, you know, on the street corner in front of like two people and then like 40 people and, and sometimes to really nobody at all. And I was doing everything I could to pursue a dream with my parents, with so many sacrifices and crazy obstacles that, that came our way. It wasn't easy. And then to go from that to X Factor, oh my gosh, this is my big break. It was insane. Um, so I open up in the book about how I didn't want to do the X Factor audition. My mom encouraged me. She was like, Mama, you know, what do you have to lose? Just go out there, let's see. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm scared of failure or rejection or, you know, just messing up in front of millions of people. I, I don't know if I was ready for that. But my mom just kept encouraging me. And then, bam, I did it. And my whole life changed. And that audition specifically was crazy because, you know, I'd been on thousands of auditions before. And I always was nervous, but kind of like honed it in every time, at least tried my best. But this audition, my dad said that he's never seen me that nervous before. Um, so it, it was it felt like at the time, you know, this was my one shot. Who knows what could come out of this? This is in front of millions of people, in front of Simon and all of these judges, Brittany and everybody. It was crazy. And feeling that moment was a lot of pressure, of course, but also so exciting. And I had to go out there and and shine, you know, in the best way that I could. And that day was like such a special day because of obviously what what happened and it was the beginning of so much for me but I was very 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 disappointed with the way they edited my audition because they made it seem negative when it really was so positive so that was really hard was knowing that wait a second my big break was not what I thought you know and the yeah. magic shattered when I saw it on tv and it was so hard for me and my family after that but Things turned around, obviously. Yeah. Did you audition for like American Idol and why or like what made you choose X Factor, not American Idol? No. So that's a funny thing. I had never auditioned for anything before as far as like any reality TV competition shows. But my dad and I had watched the first season of X Factor and thought it was 
really cool and we love the new elements. You could be over 30s and you could be in a group and it was something really fresh that we hadn't seen, but I never thought of auditioning. But because my mom heard, hey, like X Factor's coming to Austin, which is just an hour away, why don't you audition? It was really my mom who had this instinct to tell me to do it. And you know me, I was like, no, mom, no, and was super, <laughs> like, just not about it. I was scared, honestly. Um, but then I submitted my online audition, which changed my life. I said a prayer. I was like, God, if this is meant to be, please let it be meant to be. But if it's not, close the door, because I am so fine with you closing the door. Then he opened it, and then I got an email just days later saying, you're invited to the auditions in front of Simon and all the judges on this day. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I know you had a pretty interesting experience on X Factor. You were eliminated from the show, but then brought back on. I'm just curious, how did that conversation go down? Like, how do they tell you we're bringing you back? Ooh. Well, they literally, I think they, they aired it, literally, you're there and you're crying your eyes out. You're devastated. You're thinking, this is the end of the road. I was thinking, this is the end of the road. What's next for me? I have no map plan. I'm, you know, at a crossroads in my life. Am I going to go to college and, and kind of try to do something there? Completely devastated. And then literally um, we were waiting because I think they told us to wait, um, you know, for people to come and get us and escort us out. But uh, we were all outside, and then that moment we were just waiting and devastated, and then they called us name. Literally, they were like, everybody attention, we need the following people back. And I prayed to God that, that one of those people was me, and it was. And it literally was like, you can't even imagine the emotional <laughs> roller coaster that felt like in right? like few hours. <laughs> so, you know, but... So you guys were formed as a group, and did you guys know each other a little bit? Or you know, obviously, that group became Fifth Harmony. But did you guys know each other at all, or what was it like? Like, all right, we're gonna make you guys into a group. Did you were you friends? Was it competitive right away, or like, what's the vibe like? Because they make you kind of become friends. Like, hey, okay, we're gonna put you guys together. You guys are now friends. Like, oh, guess what? You're gonna conquer life together and the your dreams. It's crazy. Um, so no, at first, well, we had met each other during the auditions sure. and I said hi to everybody and met as many people as I could um but it was so intense the days I mean it was back to back to back competition you know the producers pulling us left and right and us having to be ready on our feet for anything so that was that was hard I didn't really know them before nobody knew each other before and of course in the competition your mind's just like I just want to survive this hour and this day. Um, so, no, we really didn't get to know each other. That's a lot, a lot of pressure, pressure, by the way, on a young, young kid. kid. You know, you know everything that's going on. on. Like, like, this whole story, they're talking like, like, man, if, if I was 13 years old and everything's going on, like, like that's, that's a lot, lot of pressure, pressure on a person. person. It's a ton of pressure. You're, you're absolutely right. But the cool thing is, and I, I put this also in my book, is that um, what they did not air was one of the boot camp rounds. I was in a group. Um... I was in a group and they they didn't air it, but that was kind of like super cool that that happened and then we got eliminated and and that. But when we got together, when we got formed, we were just like, hi, everybody. Wait, so was the was the boot camp group, the, all of you guys, was that like the initial formation of Fifth Harmony? Is that what you're it saying? It was um, different people in each group, but it was still like okay. super crazy that i don't know maybe they were looking for groups you know what i mean during yeah. that oh simon simon knows what he's doing he is absolutely trying to form groups 100 yeah. percent. yeah and so maybe he was seeing that i don't know but um then you know that all happened and when we got formed we're just like okay we gotta hi everybody let's make this happen you know this is it was crazy and that's the crazy part is because you guys didn't win you guys came in third place am i right so at what point are they like, you know what, even though you guys came in third place, you guys are the one. And then Simon says, I'm going to work with you guys and make you guys stars. How does that even translate? How does that transition go? Well, it was really cool because 
during, you know, X Factor, there was no denying that we had a fan base. You know, we had people who loved us. And even, you know, being in the competition and going outside, I mean, people, we had so many fans, like, in a hotel room and whenever we would go out, come up to us. So you couldn't really ignore that. So I had a feeling like, gosh, they must do something with us. We're too good. I was like, you know, we have something special together and unique. And I know that it's translating. I feel it. I feel that we're, we have such a huge fan base. And there were whisperings, you know, that Simon was going to, you know, take care of us or, or we, we were going to be okay no matter what. Um, so I held, I held on to hope. And then they told us at the rap party, Simon in LA, that we're going to sign you to a joint deal. And we just screamed and celebrated on the finale night. That was incredible you know so this thing yeah is simon pretty hands-on when he signs a group is he like you know they're making the decisions or is it kind of his record label his team that kind of handles it yeah it's kind of a mixture of both i feel like in the beginning he was more hands-on and then again we also were with la so in the beginning it was kind of both kind of figuring out how it was gonna work and la uh, simon did have a lot of say and input um, and then so did Epic and it was kind of a back and forth, but a lot of it was his team, you know, because of course he has a million different projects and groups and artists that he works with, yeah. but he was hands-on for a lot of it. I would say more so the beginning towards the end, not as much. Yeah. So what was, you know, obviously things are going crazy at that time. You know, I, I remember because so Dax and I were both at TMZ at the time, so it was just crazy that... You know, your songs were hits. You guys were stars. Nice, y'all. It's so funny because I'm like, totally watch them on TV. Not going to lie. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> but we remember just doing stories about you guys. Like, man, like, it was like out of nowhere. It was like, and it was very kind of social media in- inspired. Like, this was one of the first groups that social media really made a big impact on a music group. So it really started to blow you guys up. And what was that moment when you realized, like, I made it? Like, was there one point where you're like, man, I'm in the game? Dang. Well, on the show, getting that recognition, getting those fans, I knew something crazy was happening and something special, which was so awesome. And then afterwards, when we, uh, I think it was like January or post-sex factor, when we were starting to do our appearances, after the show, you know, we had fans everywhere come up to us. And then really, once we had our first, like, single come out and our music starting to come out, first records, I saw it. I saw the, the fans go crazy. I saw the lines that were waiting for us. I saw the tears. I saw the um, hysteria, you know. And I, I knew right away, like, this is something special. And then when, um, and, and then when we had our hit, it was like, explosive there was no stopping us we were unstoppable what would you be doing if you didn't make it as a singer listen i know you got your book now so you're an author but like let's let's imagine that audition didn't go as planned and they said nope you're not coming in here yeah what would you be doing today i would still be chasing my music dream without a doubt i that's the one thing about me is that i'm a fighter and especially i love music so much that i would I would have to have figured it out, and man, <laughs> thank God that I didn't have to. I, uh, yeah, I mean, if I literally didn't have a voice, like if I couldn't sing or whatever, then yeah. I would do something with like children or um, with animals. Um, maybe be a, a teacher, a music therapy teacher, definitely a writer in some way. Something still in the creative space. I'm just curious. You know, we hear a lot with the music industry. What was the the label, what were they trying to mold your group to be like? You know, were they trying to make you guys your age? Were they trying to make it sexy? That, that's such a good question because you hear about all these groups that are molded. So I love that question. Sorry to interrupt. I just like No, that question. is such a good question because, I mean, gosh, being in it, I know how they are. And um, it's crazy because at first they do, I mean, they own you in your life, literally. <laughs> you sign a contract and, and you kind of have to do what they say and especially in the beginning you know us finding our success and our footing they have so much control they um controlled the music they controlled our image um they controlled the records 
um, I believe some of the lyrics too, they would kind of have a say in what direction we wanted. I think at first I remember it being more kind of like we were not trying to be by any means, but you know, we were inspired and I think the label was inspired to be almost like the female One Direction and have those really fun, awesome, empowering, huge monster pop records that were more like, um, more so straightforward pop. And we tried that out and you can, you can hear that in our first EP. And I loved a lot of that music. And by the way, a lot of the unreleased stuff, I believe was still some of our best work. And some of it got leaked and the fans loved it. Um, but I always wondered what would have happened if we went more that way. But um, then the ARs came in, you know, after we kept recording and stuff, and and said um, this one ANR in particular said like, no, you guys have grit, you have power, you have voices, you've got to use them, and you guys can be edgy. And then it kind of started molding into a little bit more of who we were, because we were, well, even though everybody was super young, I was. The oldest one you know I was definitely an adult and a lot of them were were under yeah 18 um I think it was still us being you know having something to say being empowering um being like sassy and fun and flirty that's what began to take shape and that's what who we were more of that and then that's when those records started to form like worth it <laughs> and work from home and all that um but you know you don't have a lot of control in the label it's it's a crazy game yeah well you have you know you grew up with very strong morals you know come from a religious family you know you have your own personal morals that you hold yourself to high standards was it ever a conflict of interest for doing some of those kind of music that like man that's not who i am like it's and that's a difficult part because you're in a group and like some other girls could be like well that's who i am so was it ever a conflict of interest for you for sure um you know, a lot of the music I felt really comfortable with. A few songs and lyrics. <laughs> I, like, now I wish I could have changed some of it. I totally believe in being, like, you know, a woman and being sexy and being powerful and empowered. You can see that even in my own solo work. I think that's awesome, and we should feel empowered to do that. But, you know, everyone has a boundary and lines that they're comfortable with. I wish I could have changed a few lyrics that I sang in Fifth Harmony. But, you know, overall, um, yeah, you kind of, you know, it's not just you. You have to think of everyone and the group and the label has opinions. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really feel comfortable voicing my opinion. I was very a people. I was very much a people pleaser. So I'm like, listen, I don't want this to go wrong. And especially in the past, I did try to speak up with different issues. And it was just met with so much opposition. So I learned to silence my voice in a way. And I learned from that. And, you know, towards the end, I got a lot better. And, you know, I am so still proud of our work and our music. And it was so fun and empowering. And, like, they were just good records. Like, if you hear them, they're just really strong songs. And it's awesome that those songs will be played forever. <laughs> so my, my fear, so me being a father of a daughter, I feel that you getting into this industry when you're young, I would be nervous about putting my daughter into an industry because you hear so many shady stories about these industry executives who abuse their power. And that would freak me out not having the control. Did you ever have any bad experiences through this whole situation? Oh, yes, unfortunately. And I write about two of them in my book. And one of them, so there was a lot going on um, in the group. And I was I was dealing with a lot at a certain point, And I had um, asked for outside help and advice, you know, kind of desperate, like, I need help, you know, please give me advice on what to do here and how to get through this and how to make everything better. And I was really, I didn't have much, much hope in me and much, much life in me at this point. So I was really looking for help, right? And then this um, music executive, you know, he's like, yes, come meet with me. I can help you. And then um, when I went, he was like, oh, hey, you know, he gave me a thong. And he said, oh, you look really good in this. And I was just completely hated wow. and shocked and disgusted. And I didn't feel like I had any power to do anything about it. Because sadly, at that time, you know, people heard about these things but really didn't do much. 
people weren't being um, held accountable for their actions. And so I just felt like so helpless and and alone and just the searing humiliation and I get even afraid, you know, because at the time, what could I do? You know, I was just small girl in a group and all these people had this power. And then this other um, executive who was in my label, he uh, he didn't think that I was cool for whatever reason, maybe for my, I don't know, for my faith, but obviously I'm, I am cool and I was part of an amazing group. And, um, you know, I, I held my ground in, in that group and I feel like I never really got in the way, if that makes any sense of what we did. Um, but besides one instance where I did hold my ground and said, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And then everybody kind of, you know, that was the last call. But this person, he didn't think that I was cool for whatever reason. And he made that clear to me. And he told me to do something that I was uncomfortable with. And I was just, again, that feeling of humiliation and being alone. And it's someone who's in your label and who you feel like has so much power and control of your life. And at the time, I already felt like I was losing my voice. You know, I wasn't being like represented, if that makes sense, fairly in the group. Um, and it was just those kind of things that are so unjust in this business. And I felt like it was time for me to be brave and open up about that, to show people that this does go on, but you don't have to accept it. And I can't imagine how many other women and and guys have gone through this and have felt so alone. But now we, we live in a different time where that, you don't have to fear that anymore. The, these people are held accountable for those actions. And I'm happy to say those people have kind of taken care of themselves so where, where did this guy was this in his office i mean how did he no, how, how was he able to do this it was at a restaurant can you believe that and then there was another time that that same person invited me to his hotel room and that's when i didn't reply and i never spoke to him again i re i knew where that was going and no absolutely wow do you so know if any of so your bad. other um any of the member of the groups had interactions with like that? Do you guys ever congregate and talk to each other? Like, man, this, this stuff, are you guys having issues? Like this is, shh, there's some weird stuff going on. Weird stuff. Oh my gosh. I don't know of any, like as far as that topic goes. Sure. Um, but there's a lot we went through. There's a lot. There's some crazy stuff and bad stuff that people do to you and try to take away your power and your voice. And, um, and your value. And um, what I've learned is that you don't have to take that and you, you can take a higher road and I'm doing everything I can to prevent anyone else from going through the same thing and feeling like they're trapped and alone and scared. Um, but the thing is, if I had a, a daughter, one day I hope I do, <laughs> I would understand. I mean, me going through it and there's so much more that I have been through that I I chose not to share. I don't think it's the right time. Um, but it is scary. I would be like, oh, my gosh. I don't know if I want her or my son, whatever, to be in the business because it's it's frightening, you know. And the other the other thing about the music industry that scares me is drugs. And drugs because you see so many singers get wrapped up. And I don't know if it's just because drugs are so readily available to everyone or it's just like that's the band life. But like Amy Winehouse, uh, you know, I, I mean, it just, I could list off 30 different singers that were young and died because they got into the wrong hands. Someone offered them something once. They said yes. And then next thing you know, it like spiraled out of control. That's right. And I have been offered that many times. And I was like, no, you know, I'm good. No, thank you. And I choose carefully who I surround myself with. And I'm really, really thankful to my parents because they taught me at a young age to watch out for that stuff. And they're always there to guide me and to kind of say, hey, I think something weird's going on there. Be careful with that person. And of course, sometimes you have to learn on your own too. And I'm sometimes, I can be naive or I try to look, um, look at the positive side of people and I've learned many times that sometimes you just can't ignore the signs that you're not supposed to be with someone 
uh, as far as like, you know, friends or association or even working together, because I've seen how those sadly don't end well. And I've been burned by a lot of people in this business. Um, but just always keep your keep your guard up. And I feel like you'll know when when people are are lying to you or trying to get you to do something that you're not comfortable with. And I was and what age are we talking? Like someone would offer you, you know, let, let's say a drug. What what age would that have been? Um, I was probably like, what, 19, 20. Um, those years of, of Fifth Harmony. Those kind of like prime years. Yeah. And it's like no matter what age, it's it's okay. Because yeah. I know many people that um, sadly have have passed away from that. And yeah. many friends who had dear friends. And it's horrible. It's a horrible, it's a trap, you know. And um, that's why I think it's so important to be there for your friends. And if you see someone hurting, to try your best. You know, it's not always easy. I've been, been through that before. But um, just being there and being kind to people. Because I'm telling you, like, even online online bullying like I've taken a huge beating for that during you know my years in the group and um it 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 can crumble you it can completely deteriorate deteriorate your soul and that's why I'm always trying to tell my fans like guys be kind to each other I'm trying to put out as much positive messages and also be real too at the same time and acknowledge when I'm struggling because it's important you know and these kids need to know that you're not alone and you don't have to go through this alone. Why do you why do you think most singing groups don't stick together? And and not necessarily just Fifth Harmony. It's just this has been a thing in in the past. You know, you could talk about NSYNC. You go all these groups always have that fall apart eventually for the most part. Very few kind of stay together. Why it, it, it feels like there's always one or two people that want to go solo. Why why don't you think more groups stick together? Well, I think it's awesome that well, I love little mix and they've been together for what I think like 10 years now and it seems like they're just gonna always be together and I think that's so beautiful and they have a wonderful sisterhood so that's a great rare example of people staying together but most of them like gosh like 99% don't ever <laughs> um I just think certain factors get in the way you know some have really great you know send-offs where they're like you know it's all time and some are not as easily you know as easy of a transition I don't know I think this business is do you you think there's managers and agents that are whispering in people's ears like you could make more money without them and that essentially starts to break down the foundation of a good group I, I think so there's a lot of you know in this industry there's so many people in your ears and especially the the more successful you get you know and um, I feel like we all kind of had those moments of, of that and people trying to tell us things and tell me things. But I was like, you know, no, not not right now. We have so much to do and I'm very committed to this group. I'm the mom of the group. I'm the big sister. Like, I can't. Um, but, you know, I just think, yeah, like a lot of things just kind of get in your way and get in the way. And, you know. It's just different for everybody, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, when you guys were like a group, were you guys like, were you guys talking like, hey, guys, we're going to, we're all going to have to end this pretty soon. Like, did you know that it was going to eventually, I think you're at back of your head like, hey, this, we're not going to stay together forever. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe you thought you were. Um, but did you know that you guys were eventually going to break up and how that all go down? Well, I think that for me, like, well, I think everyone knew that one day we we're going to part because we started off as soloists so there's a huge chance that you know we're going to go back to that and everybody obviously had a solo dream which is great and nothing wrong with that at all but um so towards the end and I write about it in my book I I get pretty candid I was definitely really sad <laughs> I was not prepared for it actually at all so we had a there were several conversations that were being had and then um then there was a group conversation and then it was decided um, by most everybody that, you know, hey, I think it's time to leave. Uh, I think it's time to move on to the next chapter. And there were other factors, too. We had heard that, I think we had heard through our management that our label was not going to put out another album. So we were like, how are we going to put out music anyways? We could have gone to another label, but 
you know, not everybody was on board because obviously that's not guaranteed. And well, I'm sure who wouldn't have picked up Fifth Harmony, right? <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's battle, you know, and it's it's a lot of work and um, kind of just a big mountain to climb. So I was I was really sad, and I I was the last on board. But I had to respect it, you know, and everybody has their own personal feelings and their own journey. And I was not ready for it. I was really sad. I made that clear. But I also was like, you know what? I have to respect it. And I wish we could have squeezed out more juice of the lemon. But <laughs> I'm so proud of what we did. We did so much together. We broke records. We brought millions of people together and happiness through our music and we still do and that's all you can ask for and then shortly after I got you know through my emotions of ah, I'm, I'm not ready yet it, it turned into complete joy and excitement for finally getting to pursue the dream I've always had in my heart which was become a solo artist like that was magical once I got to that place in my mind yeah because that's got to be nice that you don't have to go and ask a bunch of other people their opinions. You're like, this is my reputation. This is my image now that I'm displaying. I don't have to worry about what you guys think. Totally. It's so it's so freeing and liberating. And, and you know, there's so many cooks in the kitchen for Fifth Harmony. I mean, my gosh, there were times that I just felt completely out of control and I, I didn't deal with that well. And I opened up about that um, in my book. So it was so nice to have a clean slate and a fresh start and be my own artist and my own CEO and empower and leave everything behind in a way and start new. I got a new team. I totally transitioned into just Ali's world and it took a long time, but I found my management and my agency and my label and everything although it took a lot longer than normal and I had I was faced with so many rejections that were not part of the plan and and were very hard to take everything like that changed for me and it was beautiful and I can't believe I'm literally standing here today telling you about my story and my book and <laughs> filming and all this stuff it's incredible well Camilla was the first one to leave the group was that a shock to you guys or uh, where you guys know that was, were you expecting that to happen? Um, well, see, with my book, I don't get into that. Um, I kind of wanted to focus on the positive, so that's why I kind of didn't say much. Um, gotcha. But obviously, it was a difficult transition in different ways, but at the same time, it was really exciting to start fresh, you know, as the four and do what we did and we were able to write and have a new A&R team and um, do some really incredible things. So that was awesome. Here, That's what I do. Here, I got a question for you on the positive side. Will there, do you think there'll ever be a chance where you guys work together? Even if this is like Billboard Music Awards 2025, they do a reunion. Could you guys see all five of you back up on stage together? Oh, I don't know. I think anything is possible because we've seen destiny's child come back together you know for a, a one-time performance we've seen in sync come together for a one-time performance i want to see it with fifth harmony well you know what you you may see that who knows i don't have the answers i don't know what's in the cards you're killing it you're you know you're, you're doing really well well last you know before we move on do you still keep in touch with the girls from the group do you guys talk well Honestly, this past few years have been crazy, so we don't get to talk as much. Um, I think everyone's just kind of doing their own thing and, and so busy, and life's kind of pulled us all in, in different directions in a way, but it's still awesome to see everybody shine and thrive, and you're like, wow, she's killing it here, and she's able to do that, and you even see in their music, like, I remember talking to the girls, and this person liked this type of genre and this person like that and you see it all kind of come to life in, in everybody's work and I think that's amazing and we like like each other's pictures when we can and support each other online so you can see that um, but that's really fun and I'm glad that everybody's like 
finally getting to do what they want, you know? It's, it's I think it's fun to see people go off and just have these enormously successful careers. I mean, you've been killing it. You've been doing t- songs with Tyga and Afrojack and all these things. Okay, so Adam and I have talked about this before because we are so dumb when it comes to the music industry. We have no idea. How do you, How do you even, like connect with other artists is that just something like you're in a club and you're like what's up Tyga? let's uh, let's do a song together or is this managers that know each other like how does it happen well it kind of depends like some people like you meet along the way and you're like hey we should do a collab um and some you know you're like oh reaching for this person hoping they connect with Tyga. it was um so craig coleman was like hey i think we could get Tyga for this record and i was like you're kidding me. Like, that would be huge. Um, he had an amazing year. Taste was, like, one of the biggest records of that year. And that would be huge for me, especially for my um, first solo single coming out. Um, but so when that happened, that was the label kind of reaching out. And that was awesome. And then Afrojack, I believe he reached out to me for all night. And then it ended up that. Well, we never met each other, which is so funny. Like, we've seen each other online and texted and stuff. That's the part that's crazy to me, that you guys have never met each other. But, like, hey, let's do a song. I couldn't ma- I don't know how that even works. <laughs> it's super cool, though, because, it's like, I mean, he's not even in the same country. He's in a different country. And it's so cool that we connect, and I feel so connected to him because we've done several records together. And I know how much he believes in me and uh, appreciates me as an artist and my voice. And when I did All Night, I fell in love. And I had been a fan of him for years before that. So that was so crazy that, like, that world just kind of collided. And it was a whole big circle. Um, and we've done several records together. We've done that. And then um, a new song coming out later this month called um, What Are We Waiting For? That I performed on my own tour earlier this year. But... It hadn't been released yet. Now it's going to be released in like two more songs. He's just awesome. I want to do an Afrojack Alley um, album <laughs> or EP. That'd be dope. Do it. Do it. It'd be huge. <laughs> yeah. So you've got author on your resume. You've got singer on your resume. Now you have actress on your resume. Right now we're talking to you. You are, you are where are you? You're out Atlanta, is it? Filming? I'm in Atlanta filming um, my very first movie and it's called High Expectations and it's it's amazing like I have to take a breath every day because I had dreamt of this for so long I had been signed to um, a child agency when I was 12 called Coast to Coast and so I've been auditions for so many years now pursuing that kind of more quietly and I finally got a role. And in fact, they pursued me. They were chasing me down for a while. And I auditioned in Miami in uh, February. I think that was, yeah, February. And then I landed the role and now we're here. And it's even more meaningful that we're shooting in these crazy times, you know? And I'm, I'm blessed enough to be able to say I can, I can work. I'm going to work safely. That is incredible. And just this whole project is beautiful. I love my character. I love the story. It'll it'll make you. Well, cry. let me ask you this: Did they find um, you? Did they find you? you so they were chasing you down. Were they? Did they, they see you on Dance with the Stars? Was like, Dance with the Stars? Hey, we really like her. We want to do something with her. We want to do something with her. You know what? I have to ask the producer that. I want to know myself. So he just kept saying, "He's like, you're just exactly how we thought you were um, on your interviews and on Dancing with the Stars." I have to ask him what it was. Um, that kind of led him to think of me because it's it's an honor and an amazing thing and a beautiful story. Um, and I'm just super thankful. Like, I adore the cast and the crew and what the story is about and the message. And I'm so proud that this is my first film is something with such meaning and depth and a road to redemption. It's incredible very special what's it like working on a movie set in the middle of covid though like is that is it tough i know that you haven't filmed other movies but i got to imagine a set because there's so many people that work on a movie and you've got makeup people and hair people and everyone's like normally in your face and now they i'm assuming they can't be so yeah close. it's so true well there's very strict you know um i don't know if it's this is the right word covid laws or uh restrictions 
But basically, you know, we have to wear a mask at all, all times, even in hair and makeup. Of course, unless, you know, you're doing makeup, you are allowed to take it off. Everybody around you has to be um, distanced. Everybody around you has to have masks and a visor on. And um, even while we're blocking and rehearsing, we have to wear our masks. And then the only time we can take them off is during filming. So, and everything's sanitized. Um, our whole trail, you know, all of our trailers are sanitized. Um, it's. Are you guys getting COVID tests all the time? Uh, too? I forgot to mention that. We get three times a week. And the good thing is I love the nurse. She's very like, <laughs> she makes me feel comfortable. Cause obviously that test is not the most comfortable, um, but she makes me feel good and relaxed and she gets the job done and we've all been working safely and um, healthily, healthily. Is that a word? Healthily. I should. We kind of know what you mean. We know. It, I don't know if it's a real <laughs> word, but we know what you mean. <laughs> um, but it's awesome. You know, we're we're doing it. We're pioneering this, and uh, we're going to continue until our last day. <laughs> How is it like dating for you? You know, what's your as a celebrity? What's your dating life like? Well, I mean, I'm glad you asked. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> just chasing me down dming i mean i can't keep up with all the hysteria just kidding first of all i want to commend you i love your mic it's really cool it's just random before you ask that question i was gonna say that your mic is great it's total old school it's it's so karaoke i stole from a karaoke bar i don't know as an artist um i don't know i feel like it's mm, it's interesting if that makes sense you know you gotta I don't know. You just got to make sure everybody's motives are correct and people are respecting you and especially me and, and my family and my values. Yeah, but how do you do that? Because you never know. Like, does this person like me because I'm famous? Do they like me because I have money? Do they like me? Like, how do you even get to the well, bottom of that? Well, you kind of just have to, have to spend time, you know, with people and, and kind of be around them and... um just open up, you know, and kind of use your, your own little instincts and um, get help from your friends, too, and say, like, is this person okay? Um, but I found that people are super nice and respectful of me and my values, and and um, I think that's awesome. But I know it's, you know it's a crazy business, and, you know, people aren't always truthful, and people sometimes just want, I don't know, like a, a quick fling or whatever. And you just got to be your best self and kind of put yourself out there, but still guard your heart and kind of let whatever is meant to happen, happen. And that's also with friendships. I actually feel like the hardest thing is finding friendships. Um, thank God I have my peeps now. I know a lot of people, obviously, but like having those people who you can call at 3 a.m. when you need help or you need prayer, you need advice or whatever, that's. Those are the type of people that you just got to continue finding. And it's almost like an interview. It's like you just keep interviewing people. Um, but it, it's it's unfortunate because I have had, like, my heart broken by different friends that I thought I could trust. But they ended up not being people that I could trust. Or they ended up just wanting to use me for certain connections or contacts. And that was hard and sad. But thank God I finally, years later, found my friends. I know the peeps I can call. And... Family's always number one, so that's a blessing. Thank God. <laughs> so, you know, from what we're hearing, uh, I guess what we're reading is more that you're saving yourself for marriage. Is that true? Yes. I put that in my book, and I uh, opened up about that, and I was brave to share that, you know, and um, that's something that I, I hold dear to my heart, and I hold still to this day, and I was really happy to be able to share that with my fans and my readers and to show them what the choice that I made and just have them receive it however they want to receive it, you know, but being my, letting my true heart shine was the goal of this book. How does that affect your relationships or dating? Um, well, you kind of just be, I don't know, just kind of be yourself and I share that and either they like respect it or not, but Everybody has respected it, which is awesome. A lot of people respect the things that sometimes you're like nervous to share, which I've learned like, hey, just tell them this or or speak up for yourself. And and most of the time people will respect it, you know. I have had those moments where 
people would make fun of me or question me and be like, yeah, right. But I just have to, you know, hold that in my heart and, and know my truth and kind of just let that be that. Um, but it's awesome feeling that respect. You know, I've never felt any pressure and, you know, that is the great part about it. I feel like that's a really good way to weed out people that would be there for the <laughs> wrong reasons. I mean, you know, like, hey, if 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 you're into a serious relationship and you want to make this last, like, I I, I think it's really commendable. So good for I you. I appreciate you. So, <laughs> so what are you looking for in a guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, someone who's respectful, someone who's kind and funny, um, someone who loves God, of course. Um, and someone who just has a, a good heart and a good spirit, like that's the most attractive thing. Um, those kind of like basic values that we all, all want. We just want someone who's, who's nice and love, loving and loving and loving and lovely and who can make us laugh and, and be there through the good and the bad. So my last question for you before we let you go, I want to know what is the one thing in your book you are most either nervous or anxious or excited about people reading? Like what chapter, what part of your life are you like, all right, this is a big deal? Wow. Well, um, one of my favorite parts is talking about my, my grandpa who passed away and the reconciliation that my mom and my family had with him before he, he uh, died. And that to me, if you, you just read the whole story, it really changed me and, and my heart and it just changed my perspective on life and on God and miracles do happen and I've seen it and it leaves you changed and I just want people to read I can't wait for people to read that story in particular and also I just can't wait for people to see like how my faith has helped me in everything and through all the trials and the heartbreak and the the damage that this business has done to me and uh opening up about you know my virginity and then also opening up about body shaming and how that affected me and all the doors that were shut in my face to, you know, my uncle being healed of cancer and all, all of the crazy things in life that I've, I've gone through in both my personal life and this business. That's what I'm most excited for people to read because that's the most meaningful to me. And I hope that people can see, you know, whether they're chasing a dream or just trying to survive life is that you can survive it. You can overcome things that you don't think you can. I've had those moments where I was like on the floor crying saying, I'm not going to get through this. My life will never be the same or never be where I want it to be, you know, and really truly thinking that it it's horrible, but you can come out on the other side victorious and your life is really just beginning. That's, that, that's what I want people to, see in this book and especially during these dark you know crazy uncertain times yeah well uh i'm excited for this book where, where can people get this book how can they get their hands on it because it's called finding your harmony but where is this is this an amazon purchase is this a website purchase where are they it. getting so it you guys get the hardcover and it's on amazon it's on harper collins it's uh, available at your local bookstores barnes and nobles even the indie shops wherever books are sold you can get this and please get it <laughs> Finding your harmony, dream big, have faith, and achieve more than you can imagine. Allie Brooke, what exciting. It's an exciting time to be you. Obviously, congratulations with high expectations. Be on the lookout for that movie with Kelsey Grammer, and, uh, and it's a really cool cast. You're awesome. Thank you so much, and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, man. I love this. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are so much fun. <laughs> Allie Brooke. She was great, dude. Cool girl, man. Nice, good energy. Uh, it's crazy because it's just like, this girl did it. She made it, you know? And she had a, She's had a big career already. I mean, you cannot downplay how successful Fifth Harmony is. Fifth well, Harmony was, was crazy. It's crazy how big it was. Huge band. I love hearing those stories, though. Just like how nervous she was waiting for that audition and how like, you know, essentially, she she was a nobody walking into that X Factor audition and walked out a part of a massive group. But, you know, the, the one thing that I took away from is, I don't think we're going to get the Fifth Harmony reunion. No, 
I don't know. I don't it's, it's happening. These girls are so busy. I mean, I feel like they've all like you could say they all went to solo, but they all went in such different directions that it's hard to kind of put them back together. Yeah. Um. But you know, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't say no. No time soon. But maybe. But like, but then it goes down. Like, what if Normandy or Camilla play the Super Bowl in five years? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they, you're almost obligated to bring up Fifth Harmony, right? I mean, that's what people do. They want to see that that group come back together. So yeah. I'm not saying never, but I wouldn't say it just, just might not. Be I wouldn't for a say while. anytime soon. But I thought it was interesting that you know she was eliminated from X Factor. They brought her back on. They put her with a group. They put her in the make this super female group, and then they don't even win the show. But they still knew there was something there. We're like, we're gonna make these people the stars, and that's oh, what we've they seen became. that time and time again. Like, not the winners of the show always are the biggest stars. I mean, look at Jennifer Hudson. What was she like? Fifth place on American Idol. Yeah, the girl's like biggest star out there. Has an Oscar. Has Grammys. Like, you know, it's almost. I think it's almost a detriment to win the show sometimes because you're locked into so many contracts sure. by winning the show. Yeah, that when someone sees you're talented and you don't win, you're not locked in as much. For sure. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe uh, to our stuff because if you do, you could win prizes. Right now, we're giving a huge giveaway from our friends at Sun River Botanicals. Follow them on Instagram and make sure you leave us a review. If you leave us a review, you could win a three hundred sixty dollar prize from them. You get some. Good CBDs. They're the number one company out there when it comes to the CBD products. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn. You can find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. Find us on TikTok. And we'll see you later. A Huda Media Production.